sound man is running back to the soundboard. Jesus Christ has overcome. 
God, uh, we thank you for this time dedicated to you and for the worship of your son, our great Lord and Savior, who gave everything for our justification, for our salvation, for our sanctification. May God, uh, your word be heard clearly today as we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Let's go. 
Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you for those promises, the promises of salvation that, that never fail, that you are always there for us. We want to thank you and bless this worship time that we're about to have and take these tithes and offerings that we give for the furtherance of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
I just love staying connected, folks, on social media. Hey, Tim, what you doing? Oh, just checking out stuff on my phone. Lots going on. What are you doing? Well, I read a post where Jimmy's family might be having a little bit of problems, so I'm going to go take them some groceries. Oh, yeah, I saw that post. I was the first to like it. Oh, so you've probably already taken them some groceries. No. Um, did you call and check on them and see if they needed anything? No. What did you do? Hello, weren't you listening? I just told you I was the first to like it. Oh, Tim. What are you doing? Ah, uh, just staying connected to my peeps. Oh, okay. Did you hear that Kurt's in the hospital? Oh, yeah. I gave that post two thumbs up. Uh-huh. Well, I'm on my way to go see him. Do you want to come? No, I'm kind of busy. Besides, I already sent the two thumbs up. Is that really all you can do? Okay, okay already. Okay, great. So, you come with me? Hey, I'll let you drive. No, no, but I did add a smiley face and one of those hug signs. Oh, I'm sure he feels better already. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, that's all right. You going on vacation? Nope. Uh, running away from home? I mean, that would be understandable now that you have a teenager at the house. Uh, no, I'm going to Jamaica. I just asked you if you were going on vacation. It's not a vacation. It's a missions trip with the International Missions Board. Oh, I'm following them. Awesome. So you're going too? No, I'm following them on Facebook. Oh, brother. Well, what's wrong with him? Nothing yet, but wait till he sees my reply. What? Wait, what happened? He just posted that he's in favor of Madison for president. Really? Yeah, the guy's obviously not a Christian. He's probably on drugs. He's certainly no longer my friend. After all the times I liked his posts. Aren't you overreacting just a little bit here? Really? This guy's a communist and an atheist. Have you tried talking to him? What do you mean? I mean a real face-to-face -face conversation, not bashing him on social media. Oh, when I get done with him, he won't be able to show his face anywhere. Well, you'll be the only one losing face. Just saying. 
Proverbs 12, 15. There is one who speaks rashly, like a piercing sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. But words will never hurt me. Words do hurt. Relationships. And the church. God has called us to be immovable in our faith, not immovable from our couches and these chairs. If we want to see a difference in our families, in this church, our community, or the country, we need to be willing to be that difference. Understand once again. thanks for the way that we've been able to see display before our eyes and our ears today the gospel of Christ and how we should come to know him as our personal savior and once he comes to reside in our hearts how Lord we should love him but love one another and we pray today Father that as we learn further what it means to be empowered by your spirit 
to walk in your spirit. That, Lord, we'll look at the areas of our lives where we fall short, but then, Lord, we'll look at those areas of our lives where, Lord, you're working, and we're desirous to be more like you. Because, Lord, when we're like you, just as you told us, if you be lifted up, you'll draw all men unto yourself. So, Lord, speak, I pray now, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Two passages of scripture that I want to look at this morning. and I want to begin in Galatians chapter 5, where we've been over the last few weeks in our series of fresh fruit, fruit of the Spirit. But I want to back up today. We've been looking specifically at verses 22 and 23 and kind of look at the total, total context here of what uh, is being said. Verse 16 says, I say then to walk in the Spirit. Now that means that uh, once we've come to know Christ as our Savior, and the Spirit comes to live within us, then we are to continually live, not in our power, but in His power. And so he says, I say then walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery and fornication and uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But then contrary, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, it is joy, it is peace, it is long-suffering, it is kindness, it is goodness, it is faithfulness, it is gentleness, it is self-control. Against such there is no law. And these who are Christ and those who, who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So we, we become a Christian. We're forgiven of our sins. We've repented of our sin. We've turned uh, from our lostness. Christ now comes into our hearts, and he gives us the precious, wonderful Spirit of God to allow us then to continue to grow in grace and knowledge of him through the study of the Word, but then to live out our lives on a daily basis, and he says, this is what it ought to look like. But then go over to Romans chapter 8 for just a minute. Verses 5, 6, 7, and 8. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to the carnally minded is death, 
but to the spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it's not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We talk about being baptized uh, with the Spirit and it means that uh, that we have not only let the Lord come and save us and the Holy Spirit to come up and take resident in our lives, we allow him, because we have free will, to be president of our lives. Say it another way. You then realize that the one who lives in your heart, the sooner the better we realize this, the better off we are to walk in the spirit. You see, not only is he your savior, he's your Lord. Now, you, you don't have a little savior and then go up and I think I'll have a little lordship today. And you know, No, that's not the way it works. But there is this constant, constant battle that's going on. And that's what I want to talk about in just a few moments, is that there's a battle going on. If you don't know that, then maybe you need to come to know the Lord today and get saved. But if you are saved, uh, then you'll know that there's a constant battle that's going on. But let me begin today just kind of in the lighthearted way because it's going to get heavy in a minute. I read this story this week. It says there's an old story told about three young college students at Duke University. One of them was being initiated into a, a fraternity, and the other two were to be sure that he met the conditions that there were to join the fraternity. So the two students dressed up uh, freshman student, that freshman student, in a blue devil outfit. They drove him out into the countryside out in Durham, North Carolina. They put him out there, and it was about sunset, and they told him that he had to get back to the campus by dawn. And so he had to do it on foot. So they left him there. The freshman started walking, and he realized that he was truly lost out in the woods. And after walking around for two to three hours, he was becoming pretty desperate. And then he heard some music coming from a church. And he made his way toward it. He realized that it was some kind of a revival meeting going on. And he decided to go inside and ask for directions. He walked in the front door and he entered the sanctuary. The preacher saw him and he yelled, Oh no, it's the devil! And the members turned to see the student dressed in the blue devil's outfit and screamed and they ran out the back door. One lady who was too slow to run decided to jump out of the window, but she got stuck halfway in and halfway out. The student in the blue devil outfit went around the building and saw her head sticking out the window, and as he neared her, she blurted out, please, Mr. Devil, don't hurt me. Honestly, even though I'm in church, I've been on your side all the time. Well, that never really happened, I don't think. At least I hope that it never really happened, but it kind of allows us to kind of see uh, 
maybe where I want to go with this thing today. Uh, you see, we're not we're not marching in, in in a parade, but we're participating in a battle. And oftentimes, I think we we kind of get this. I call it peacock Christians. We strut our stuff. I'm saved. You're lost. Okay. And we, we blurt out all of our theological terminologies and all these kinds of things. And that poor lost person is there trying to figure us out. I think we're the furthest thing from what Jesus looks like when we act that way. And, and so Christ won the victory. That's where we begin to walk in the spirit. He won the victory for us at Calvary, and, and, he, and through that empty tomb that we sang about here today, but the Christian is still here on this earth, even though Christ rose from the grave, and we're to walk in victory, and, uh, and the Spirit of God uh, provides everything we need to live like Jesus and to be the image of the risen Son of God. Now, here, here's what you've already learned through this, if you're a Christian today, that there's an unseen battle. It's a war between the spirit and the flesh that takes place. It takes place where? It takes place in the heart. Now, we can see the results of the battle in our daily lives in the way that we live, but the actual struggle that leads to, uh, to the results in the, is hidden to the human view. And so an unseen enemy is a very dangerous one. Would you agree? A very dangerous one. One of the things that we're facing today in our world is that it's filled with terrorism. And, and in that terror cell that lives somewhere, maybe in your community, maybe in my community, they may even be living next door to me. And I don't even know it. And you see... When, when the enemy is concealed, when, when he's concealed, that enemy will be overlooked. We will just overlook that, that he's even there. And the fact that the enemy is among us and we're unaware of it makes the potential for danger then even worse. And so because the enemy is unseen and, and often forgotten until he attacks, until he attacks, and, and then after he attacks, what? It's too late. It, it's too late, and unless we're always on guard against him. So it, it's dangerous, and so we're being forewarned of the jeopardy of allowing the flesh and the ruler of this world to draw us to live life of flesh. But it's an unending battle. An unending battle that, that we face right here, 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I finished the race, he says. I have kept the faith. So the apostle Paul, who's accredited to this and the other two that we have read today, all of this is in his life. He came to the end of his life and he noted that he had continued to fight the fight, the fight, I believe, of the flesh and the spirit. And if we're, if we're not careful, you won't stop to deal with this fight that's going on because it's unseen. 
Okay? So, with that thought in mind, as that is our foundation, uh, there's a spiritual battle going on. Romans 8, 5 that we read a minute ago, uh, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. So our flesh is our fallen sinful nature, and Satan uses that to entice us. He entices us to sin and destroy the fruit of the Spirit that you and I are beginning to study together in our lives. We're motivated by one of two things. It's either our flesh or it is the Spirit of God. The latter part of verse 5 of Romans 8 says, but those who live according to the Spirit, these things of the Spirit. So the struggle is real, my friend. It is real, and we have to make a choice. We have to make a choice. We're going to live by the standards, live by the standards of this world, or we're going to live by the standards of the Word of God. And then we have to choose whether we're going to live by what culture is dictating for the way that we live or the way that Christ and Calvary says that we should live. So if God is going to produce his food in our lives and if we are going to become the person God desires us to be, Romans 8, 6 and 3, 8 then says, for the to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So we, we get in the flesh, we're ruled by the flesh, we're not only hurting ourselves and hurting others, we're displeasing God. We're displeasing God. So let me answer some questions uh, for us here this morning. Number one, why do, why do we battle? Every day, every day the enemy tries to get us to follow the desires of the sinful nature and the Holy Spirit tries to get us to follow the desires of our new nature that we get once we accept Christ as our Savior. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that when we come to Christ, we're no longer as we were, but we're what? New creatures. We are brand new creatures. So never forget, never forget, believer, when the Holy Spirit takes up this residence in, in us, he then is there and he is able to empower us. He, he, is, he is able to help us in this area and defeat the sinful nature and the sinful desires that conjure up in our minds and in our hearts. Now, we may want to be a better husband. We may want to be a better wife. We may want to be a better parent, a better person, but without the Holy Spirit of God, listen to me, church, we are powerless. We are powerless, no matter how much you desire it, no matter how much you want it. The Bible says in Philippians 2.13, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, that means God and the person of the Holy Spirit. God gives, gives us the will and the power to produce the Holy Spirit's fruit. Now, I've been very careful to lay down this foundation, and then next week, guess what we're going to do? We're going to look at the first component and what it means to allow 
the Lord to love in and through us. But it's important we see before we get into this, uh, all that's going on, many Christians struggle. We struggle and we become discouraged in our Christian lives because no one ever told us that there's a daily battle. Never told us that. We called it, we were never discipled. We came down, we made our, our, our profession of faith, we went to the baptismal waters, welcome to the church. Hey, you want to be on this committee? You come three weeks away, hey, you like to be a deacon? No, we, we begin a process of growing. Some grow quicker than others, right? Some remain carnal longer than others. And so what we begin to see, the battle is hard. It is hard. It is real. Romans 7, 18 and 19, this is what he says. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is, pre for to will is pre uh, present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do it. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now Paul, he's writing about his own, his own continuing conflict that he is enduring in his life with sin, which is all of his experiences. He's laying out his experiences there. Is that not what we do when we disciple one another? We come together for an accountability time. How did your week go, brother? And if you're honest, as you ought to be honest with that one that's reaching out to you, but more honest with God, you struggle perhaps. And I need your prayers. I need some guidance here. Have you ever endured that? Have you ever had this happen in your life? Well, Paul's laying out for us, the great apostle Paul, and saying, yes, this has been a conflict for me. And, and he says, there's no victory in the spiritual battle apart from complying to the Holy Spirit of God. If we don't rely on the Holy Spirit, then we're not ready for the battle. We're not ready for the battle. And so remember the words of Christ that we studied a few weeks ago. And Jesus said this in John 15, verse 5. He said, for without me you can do nothing. That's a zero with the sides kicked out. Nothing. Do nothing. And the battle rages on. Well, where do we do? Where do we battle? The enemy is constantly tempting, tempting us to live lives in such a way so that it says that the fruit of the Spirit will not be produced in and through our lives. And because of this, this continual battle right here, listen, Galatians 5, 17, we read, says, for the flesh lust against the Spirit, and a spirit against the flesh, and that they are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things you wish. It means the Holy Spirit keeps us from doing the sinful things that we desire because our, of our old natures as we grow in grace. And as, as we grow and allow the Holy Spirit 
to make himself known in our lives and to grow us and mature us, then we find ourselves more subdued. But never is sin totally eliminated while we're here on this earth. And so the battle continues. It goes on and on. That doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, but for as long as you're here on this earth, there is a battle. So he helps us. Paul helps us right here to see where the battle is, to deal with our sinful natures. And so he says, the works of the flesh, I'm going to break it down real quickly and tie it in for you. He, he says there are three combat zones. And you see if this is not true. He says combat zone number one is sexual sin. Sexual sin, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, and these are referring to, to like premarital sex. It's referring to adultery. It's referring to incest. It's referring to homosexuality. It's referring to lesbianism, uh, viewing pornography. All sex, listen, all sex outside of marriage of one man and one woman. Notice what the Word of God says about this type of sin. 1 Corinthians 6 and 18, flee sexual immorality. And the word flee means to get away from it and stay away from, from those places and stay away from those people and to stay away from those things that provoke such thoughts and such actions in our lives. I used to know the exact statistic but it's well over 70% of every man that's sitting in this room. You either have or, or have a desire to look at pornography. It's a proven fact. Sex, greed, and money is where men do battle every day of our lives. Think you're hiding it until your computer gets a virus. But better and worse than that, your computer gets a virus, buddy, you've got a virus. And so notice, it's attacked through combat zone number one, sexual sin. Combat zone number two, spiritual sin, which are idolatry, sorcery, idolatry, they're putting things before holy God and whatever is first and whatever is more important in, in our lives is our God you said well give me some examples well your possessions your, your, your positions your, your power your prestige or just your person So if the Lord isn't first in our lives, we're guilty of idolatry. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Sorcery, it says. Witchcraft. From where we got our English word, you ready? Pharmacy. 
pharmacy. It refers to, you got it, use of drugs. Use of drugs and, and to have a magical or an evil power. You ever been around people that are on drugs? It's like, just out there. Just out there. Mystical, I like the way it makes me feel. I'm not in touch with reality. I'm just out there. Did you know you could be in the control and the influence of someone else's life and not come to Christ for yourself? Did you know that you can step away from such a situation? I had to learn that. I had to learn that now that I'm Christ, man, I no longer had to live in the manner in which I was brought up at that particular time. But you, you have to stand for yourself and men, for those that we looked last week, those that are irresponsible for that's coming behind you. And then, how about this word? D-U-I. Do you, do you know what that means? Driving under the influence. That's what it means. Do you know what alcohol is? It's an intoxicant. Do you know what a toxic substance is? It's poison. I mean, I'm, no, I'm not the smartest tack in the box. But I'm going to tell you, I watch far too many lives. Watch their brain cells and their livers and just kill them. You know, well, it's all right. It's all right. Today, everybody's doing it. He said, well, that's old time preaching. No, that's Bible preaching. Amen? Notice combat zone number three. Social sins. Here we go. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outburst of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. The, the sins in this group, they pertain, they pertain to our conduct toward others, toward other people. Hatred means total lack of love for someone. Contentions, it can be translated variance or discord. It, it refers to creating conflict between people. Let me remind you that this is one of the seven things that God hates in Proverbs chapter 6. Jealousies, it says, warning, competing for another's attention. Outburst of wrath. You know what that is, don't you? That's just anger let loose. Just anger let loose. Selfish ambitions. Focus on oneself, promoting self rather than the Lord. Dissensions and heresies, being divisive, creating division among people, creating sides, envy, wanting what somebody else has. And if you're not careful, you'll try your best to get it. Murder. 
murders. That's the taking of life. It's the intent to kill. And may I tell you that we can commit murder even with words? Drunkenness, excessive use. There is what it literally said of strong drink. There revelries. That's that carousing. That's that sexual orgies. That, that sex parties. That sounds a little bit like God bless America to me. The day and the time in which we live. If there ever was a day and a time when God bless America in the United States in which we reside needs a touch of God, the Holy Ghost to come in might and power and empower those of us who, who bear the name of Christ, it's today so that we can be the salt of this earth and the light of this world and we can stand out and be separated uh, and not be politically correct. How can we win the battle? Focus. Be intentional. Focus on something much better than us. God wants us to be controlled, be filled by the Spirit. Not these things we just listed. God wants our lives to have meaning. God wants our lives to have purpose. And he tells us how in his word. Tells us how to win. Verse 24 of Galatians 5, And those who are Christ have crucified in the flesh with its passions and desires. This means that the Holy Spirit is, he's become in, he's a permanent resident in our lives. He gives us new desires and power to crucify our sinful natures there. So how do we crucify and kill our sinful natures, preacher? Romans 13. Verse 11 says, And so this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of our sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but let's put on the Lord Jesus Christ who makes, who, who makes no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Listen to what he says. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. It means to consciously intentionally accept the Lordship of Christ in your lives. And, and I assure you, dear friend, that, that he will begin to give you his desires. He'll begin to show you his ways if you allow him to have control of your life. And each of us, listen, each of us are free to choose to be motivated by the world or the word or to be motivated by culture or Christ. But don't forget Paul's word in Galatians 5.13 that we read. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. He controls us. He bought us with a price. His son, the Lord Jesus, he gave us this precious gift of the Holy Spirit of God. 
But until we awaken to his presence, until we awaken to, to his power, until the two are linked, the word of God and the, and the spirit of God are linked in our lives, it'll just go an unseen enemy. It, it, we won't deal with it. So when you open up your Bible and the Holy Spirit of God brings these things to light, repent. Leave them. Take them off. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. But it all begins just like it did for me when I was 17. I'd never seen that lived out before me. Didn't know what was going on. And I had to come to a simple childlike faith to realize that I was a sinner by nature. Oh, I never murdered anybody. I never robbed a bank. But I denied the fact that I had heard over and over again that Christ Jesus loves me so much that he died for me upon a cross that he was buried and rose again the third day. And even then, the Spirit of God began to draw me and speak to my heart, to the truth I'd just heard from a preacher. I gave my life to Christ at 17. Same thing happened to me. It's happened to some of you. They brought out a little clipboard with a card on it, a sign my information and that was about it nobody followed up nobody discipled me listen to me I'm thankful for if you will the evangelistic part of the deacons who came to my house and knocked on my door virtually every Tuesday night because they knew there was a little lost teenage boy in there. I never would go answer that door because in my house there was an old drunk man that would allow to shoot him. That was my stepdaddy. So they put the fleece out, those dickens. I found out later. They tapped another two or three little 16, 17-year-old boys invite him to church and I did and when I came in I heard this truth that Christ died for me and I repented of my sin and accepted Jesus in my heart 17 boy I wish I wish I knew what I know now then because for the next nine years there was a battle raging in me and I, it was just unseen I didn't deal with it. I didn't know what was going on. And at the age of 26, someone preached a message similar to this, and the light came on for me. You mean I don't have to do this myself? You mean there's someone who lives inside of me who is likened to the Lord Jesus Christ? Some of you did have the power to save me upon the cross and victory up out of the grave, but now he resides in my heart and he can help me every day of my life to walk and to live like Jesus. <laughs> she was in the same class. And we, we, she'd been in church all her life. 
all of our life. We looked at each other and said, is this real? We said, does this mean we're going to speak in tongues? No, we never have done that. But I'm going to tell you what, there's sometimes I kind of wanted to. You know what I mean? You walk in, huh? I mean, you get so excited sometimes when you just see God working in your life. I'm not just barking up a tree with you on this stuff. This is the key. This is the key for your life, the key for your family, the key for this church, the key for this community, for us to discover that the spirit of the power of God wants to reside in me and you, and he wants that, that power to be so real that this community will begin to ask us, who is that? Who is that that lives inside of you? What makes you act so differently? Why do you have that joy? Why, why, how can you love in spite of all, all of these? How can you have peace? And you get to tell them. Let's stand to our feet. I want to give you an opportunity to do what I did at 17 and do what I did at 26. First of all, at 17, come forward and say, I want to accept Jesus as my Savior. At 26, I came forward. I want the Lord to be president of my heart, the Lord of my life. So if God's speaking to you in either area, you come. If you're looking for a church home, you come as well. We're glad to receive you here today. Let's sing, and you come.
two or three things that we're going to do together here today. First, we're going to rejoice in a victory that's been won today. So go ahead. Amen. Good morning. You, you guys know this guy. Um, he's usually in the aquarium over there. Um, but Ethan, Ethan Powers just, uh, I think this is something that's been a little while coming, if, if, if I'm correct. And a couple weeks ago at camp, there was something, uh, the Holy Spirit was stirring and moving in your life. And um, he just told me he's not speaking, so I get to speak on his behalf. Um, so I just, you keep nodding if I'm right, okay? But he's just coming forward this morning um, saying that he knows that his walk hasn't been where it needs to be. And he wants to read just a, a rededication, a sincere rededication of his life uh, to be in alignment with Christ and be in alignment with walking in the Spirit. And so if you rejoice with him this morning, just let's just hear it. Just, just applaud, cheer, whatever. But realize this, just like we heard this morning, there's a battle. And so uh, Satan hates it whenever people begin to live for the Lord. And so you'll be in our prayers and we'll be walking with you through this. Okay? All right. things to remind you about today at five o'clock there's a vacation bible school meeting for any and all volunteers or potential volunteers or if you just think what does vbs stand for um and where are we meeting right here in the, in the sanctuary so um please come and be a part of that you, if, if you are volunteering you need to come to either this meeting or one on uh what what date this coming wednesday look Good job. You guys got it. Um, it wasn't really a test. It was just I didn't, I didn't know. Um, and then the other thing is uh, there's not a lot of people signed up for international food ministry tonight uh, for, for, the, for the fellowship. And so it only works if you participate. Um, otherwise, I'm going to eat the food that I brought, and, and I'm going to have a good time. But we really need you to come. So, so come and, and, and bring something. It doesn't have to be gourmet quality. Just come and bring something. And what, but what's more important is if you represent a country, be prepared to give us just a, a two to three minute synopsis of the gospel interaction in that country. It, are there people? Do they have a Bible translated in their language? Are there missionaries on the ground? Is this an unengaged people group? You know, or is is it Catholic? Is it predominantly uh, Muslim country? Whatever it is, just come and we want to talk about that country and pray for the missionaries there and pray for that God would send missionaries there. And then we also the fun part is we get to enjoy different types of food. Okay, so make sure you come tonight, and the the more the merrier, because it's food. All right. Two quick things. Steve, you don't need to make your way up here. You're going to have to bring a motion in just a few minutes, okay? And uh, young lady, congratulations to you. Would you and your, fam would your family like to go to the foyer? Uh, if, if you would make your way to the foyer when the folks exit in a few minutes, they might want to love on you and give you some money for lunch too. Okay, so uh, do that. 
uh, at this time. If you're visiting with us today, you feel free to leave at this time if you need to, but better yet, uh, stay and see how we do business. We're gonna call ourselves into a call business conference solely for the purpose of hearing the recommendations from the Deacon Fellowship for the new pastor search team. So visitors, uh, if you need to go, okay, if not, I actually had a lady get saved one time in a business meeting because of the way we conducted ourselves. She said, I said, I saw Christ in you, so uh, behave yourselves. All right, behave yourselves. And we'll declare ourselves in the call conference for this soul, Miss Barbara and Brother Steve. Who, who did it? Well, he can do it after you do this. process of the meeting, we discussed uh, people for the selection process of the new pastor search committee, and we came up with five names to recommend to the congregation for approval to move forward in the process of selecting a new senior pastor. As the Constitution states, we have to give the congregation a week prior to notice upon the recommendation and the congregation voting on those five people had a week, hopefully you've prayed over these names uh, that we put out to you, and I'll reiterate those names for you again, we've got Gina Johnson, Mark Runyons, Chris Flournoy, Ryan McMichael, and Karen Hogan. Are those names a surprise to anyone that's here today? Have you not seen those names before? That's the motion that we're bringing to you. Do we have a second? Is there a second? Do we have pray together and uh, rejoice in the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we love you, Lord, for everything that you do for us, Heavenly Father. We, uh, I mean, we know that, that the closer we get to you, the harder the battles are going to be, but you're right there. You're right there with that shield right in front of us, Lord. 
walking in and giving us the opportunity to fight back, to defeat Satan, which you've already done. It's already been done for us. So be with us as we go through this week. Let, let these battles be minimal. In the precious holy name we pray.